0: Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. Now let's listen to Pastor Dave Crocker. Do you ever feel like faith is the impossible mission? Like you just... Don't know how it's going to work. You know, let me tell you something that bothers me about some Christians, obviously in other churches. <laughs> sometimes when when I've had a problem or I've had an issue, I've been struggling with something and I've gone to someone, talked to them, asked for some help, sometimes I get a reply, we'll just pray about it. I don't know about you, but I really... Find that unhelpful. I understand the heart behind it here. I could probably even say it myself. But it doesn't help me at all. I mean, I want to know how do I pray? What, what do I ask for? What, is it, what does it look like? Is it something God will do? How do I know if He's going to do it? What if He doesn't? Have I got enough faith? Anyone else? here ever felt that frustration? Profound disappointment with that response. And I reckon if you've been a follower of Jesus for more than about five minutes, you'll understand the tension of dwelling in the unanswered prayer. Kerry and I are praying for a particular issue in our family. We've been praying for five years. We've we've fasted, we've prayed, we've done everything we can in the natural and we still haven't had the breakthrough that that we've been looking for and praying for. It's really hard to live in that place. It's really easy to ask the hard questions. Is it my fault? Did I do something wrong? Is my faith not big enough? As Janelle said, today we launch our, our faith promise offering an amount that we pledge to God as he enables us to do it. For Kerry and I, it'll be an amount that we can't afford to give right now, but we'll seek God and we'll trust him about how much he wants us to give. I remember time I was part of another church and we did this and we were trying to build a building and Kerry and I, we stopped and we prayed and we talked to God. and We both felt we got the same number. So we, we went to church on that particular Sunday and we wrote down a number that was an incredible amount of money for us at the time and put the pledge in. And well, about six months into it, we decided to check how we were going and, and to our horror discovered that the amount that uh, they thought we'd pledged was double what we thought we'd pledged. Maybe it was a nice trick by church, we will just double everyone's pledges and see what happens. Maybe we, we wrote down the wrong number, forgot what we'd written down We talked about it and I went, you know what, the first amount's going to take a miracle, the second amount's going to take a miracle, double a miracle is still a miracle, let's just go for it. So we trusted God, we we did what we could and at the end of the year we realised that we had been able to pay off that pledge. We worked out our income. We worked out our our tithing and our offerings and all the other charitable stuff and how much money we'd given here and there. And we have no idea at all how it worked. It made absolutely no sense. But God had done a miracle. You know, it's about outreach. It's about furthering the kingdom of God. It's about people encountering the reality of who God is that might not otherwise have an opportunity to do that. There's a tension that I I want to address this morning, and that's how does faith work? What is it? How do I take a step of faith if you've heard that language that Christians like to use? And I reckon faith is probably one of the most misunderstood concepts in the Bible. We we often put it in the realm of the mystical, that spiritual thing that's out there that, that we know we should have, but somehow it just seems so unobtainable intangible I'm hopeful that today's message will help you not only in the faith offering at the end of the month but in your life in general the offering will come and go but we can live lives of faith moving forward text for today's message is probably no surprise if you have been around a little while Hebrews chapter 11 called the chapter of faith in the Bible, starting in verse 1. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for. It's assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Now, understand this, this passage I've talked to you a lot about how we treat Scripture. We need to understand context. We need to understand what this chapter does appearing in the middle of the book of Hebrews. It's not the, the, the writer of Hebrews writing away and goes, you know what, I'll just throw in a chapter on faith for good measure, and then moves on. It's part of a narrative that the author is trying for us to understand. And Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 32 through to 34, i to read you that, this. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten and sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown in jail and when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew that there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. It's the kind of life that the book of Hebrews is trying to help us live. It's written predominantly to Jewish Christians who were facing incredible persecution at the time. If you uh, were listening to that, that passage I just read, they're beaten, they're jailed, they were suffering, That the, everything they owned was taken off them. And some of the, the Jewish Christians that this letter is being written to were really struggling with their faith. Some had begun to to start making moves to move away from Christianity back to Judaism because it was a lot easier for them. Have you ever felt like giving it away? Have you ever felt like this Christian life is just too hard? I have. I remember very clearly standing in a meeting one day going, I know God's real. My gosh, this is hard. And that day I, I, I... forced myself to make a choice. Am I going to follow God with all that it means or am I going to walk away because I'm not doing this half in, half out? The book of Hebrews paints a picture of how incredible Jesus was. That's what kept me in my darkest times is remembering who he was and what he'd done for me. Remembering that the times that that he had helped me walk the journey that I was struggling, that, that the miracles that had taken a place around my life, I remembered who Jesus was and what he meant to me. And that's what Hebrews is trying to teach us. Paints a picture of an incredible Jesus. A life that looks at the high price of love and then accepts the possibility joyfully does what love demands no matter what no matter what the the Jewish Christians were facing the persecution it's trying to teach them that we should joyfully accept that because we should live lives that are full of love for who Jesus is and there may be consequences to our faith we we don't suffer particular persecution here in Australia we're, we've got it pretty easy relative to what takes place in the rest of the world. Janelle's off to Nepal soon. I've been to Nepal and and I remember being in a meeting and and we came in and and I spoke for a few minutes and we, we prayed and then we were whisked out in the van and taken away before the fanatical Hindus worked out that we were there. Because if they'd known that we were there, they wouldn't have persecuted me. They would have beaten the Christians. Parts of this world, people die for their faith. This is what was happening in Hebrews. Painting a picture of living a a radical kind of of love uh, tells the the truth of who Jesus is. Let me run through some of the things that Hebrew tells us quickly. Giving Himself once for all as a final sacrifice for our sins. Jesus is perfecting us for all time by a single offering, giving us a clean conscience by His own blood. Being our sympathetic high priest before God, interceding for us day after day in heaven. He is our God. He remembers our sins no more. He promises to never leave us or forsake us. So we're encouraged to to live a kind of countercultural life, breaking assumptions that that our security that that. That the comfort and ease, that, that that finance and and money and 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 having stuff is necessary for life. And people who are free from the drive for wealth and safety and leisure. People who know there's only one life to live, and it's the things done for God, for His kingdom. That lasts forever. I got a friend who says regularly, in the end it's all gonna burn anyway. Where are we putting our wealth? I'm not talking about laying down money, I'm, I'm talking about building treasure in heaven. Who are we living for? Are we people that could live this radical kind of love? The power. To be joyfully sacrificial in the path of love found at the end of that last passage. You knew that there were better things waiting for you would last forever. So if we don't live in this great confidence in in what's ahead, we we tend to live in the now. We live in the moment. We we focus on what is happening and going on around us right now. When, When it comes to make a choice perhaps in context of what we're talking about today, our faith promise offering, if we're just thinking about now, if we're thinking about, as Janelle said, what our bank balance or our budget looks like now, we're thinking about the things that last forever. When we're faced with a choice, if we're not living this hope of the things that are to come, we get tied up in the moment. And that's a tension for us. The writer of Hebrews is telling us that what happens in the now can be endured in the light of what to come, what is to come. Love always pays a price. Love acts when others don't. Love refuses to act when others do. Love stands up, pays attention, cares, it's patient, it's kind. Love costs. If this life is preparation for eternity. We're free to risk the things that we have because as Paul says in Romans 8, 18, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So what more can God say about this radical kind of life that that we're called to live? Hebrews chapter 11 is the answer. He gives us examples of people who laid hold of the promises of God. This thing out there in the future that that they thought God had spoken to them about. They lived a kind of life that lived knowing that the promises of God would come to pass. They lived lives of faith. And Hebrews chapter 11 tells us stories of people who lived lives of faith. And for most of them, they never saw the fulfillment of the promise that they were believing in in their lifetime. Yet they're still called heroes of faith. I want to get back to Hebrews 11 and help us understand faith today, hopefully. I'll read it again. Faith is confidence in what we hope for, assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Now this passage gives us a, a, a twofold definition of what faith is, and we're going to look at, at both those parts. It says, "Now faith is the confidence of things hoped for, and the assurance of things not seen." That the words "confidence" and "assurance" in, in that passage are actually really serious words. The words that are, are really hard to actually translate into English. Understanding them isn't simply an academic exercise. Faith is not an academic exercise. You just have to ask ourselves, do we have faith? How do we know we have faith? What is faith? How do we know we can have it? What hangs on whether we have faith or not? That the idea of faith is immensely practical for our lives. It's not just a concept that's out there. It's something that that we should be living with in here. And that word Confidence is not used anywhere else in the New Testament. It's the only time that word appears. Outside of the New Testament, it's used to mean things like evidence or proof or an argument, something objective, something that's real rather than subjective or the way that we feel about it. We don't use the word proof or evidence In that passage, because it can seem hard to understand or make sense of it. How can faith be evidence? Don't we need evidence for faith? And here's where things will get a bit messy. Verse 3 tells us the evidence that we have is that our God created the universe, He created the scene out of the unseen by his word, how can we have assurance about what we do not see, the creation that took place when we weren't even there? And stay with me this morning. I'll, I'll try to make it as clear as mud for us. To, to get a good grip on this passage, we have to actually look at another passage which talks about unseen or invisible things. Romans 20 For since the creation... Of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. That, that word understood is the same word used in Hebrews 11. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So now we have Romans one twenty. We understand the invisible qualities of God by what has been made. In Hebrews 11.3, we understand the invisible word of God is behind creation. Romans seems to tell us that the evidence we have that God made things is that they're made. That it points to a creator. And Hebrews tells us the evidence that God made it is faith. Here's what I understand. Faith, in some part, in some way, is spiritual seeing. It's perceiving of the fingerprints of God on the things that he has made. The beauty, the complexity, the greatness points to a maker. If you ask me how I know the hospital is just around the corner, it's because I've seen it. Those that have seen it can testify to the reality of it. Yet some of us look at the same thing and see something completely different. Some people see the evidence while others don't. Let me give you an, an analogy. If we could put the next slide up, you can't see it with the lights on particularly well. But if you're around in the 90s, there was a particular, thanks there was a particular craze going around. They're called stereograms. You look at something that looks just like a cacophony of... of color and shapes, but buried in the picture, if you look deep into the picture, you let your eyes go out of focus, there's an image. I've tried it on the big screen, and I can't get it to work for me, so I know some of you will be sitting there going cross-eyed, trying to, if you can see what's in there, uh, that would be awesome. You can let me know. Who who remembers those? You can turn the lights on first, thanks. I, I had one on my wall, and I used to love standing there staring. Once you've seen the image in it, You can see it so quickly, right? There's actually a house in that one for you and, and you can have a look at it on a computer screen. Just Google it. You can actually see it on your screens. They're quite fun. Once you've seen it, no matter what someone says to you about whether they can see it or not, you'll never accept that. You've seen it. And for someone who can't see it, who has no idea what that is, They're never going to believe you that there's an image buried in there because they can't see it. It's kind of what I'm talking about with faith, that when we see the fingerprints of the creator on his creation, we see that, we believe that in faith, we've seen it. No one can argue otherwise with us because we've seen it. And it's pointless arguing with someone about its reality when they can't see it. And so we're back to the first part of Hebrews 11. Faith is the confidence of things hoped for. Another word for confidence might be substance, reality, evidence. That's how that particular word gets used in, in other places. And if it's how it's used, it's how we should think. So what is this substance, this confidence, this evidence of the things We hope for. I believe it means that faith grasps hold of the richness, the goodness, the power of the promises of God. It holds on to those promises so firmly that the faith itself is the substance of the thing that we're hoping for. It doesn't just feel Confident that it will someday come to pass. Faith lays hold of it as if it's got it already. But it's experienced it perhaps in some spiritual way. Enjoyment of the promise is almost a down payment on the receiving of the promise. Let me summarize it like this. Faith is a spiritual tasting of what God has promised. So deep that we feel an assurance of the things we hope for. Faith is seeing the invisible fingerprints of God in the things that he has made. By one we know his wisdom and power to make us, by the other his goodness and grace to save us. Faith holds on to the promises of God. This morning I want to give us, quickly as I come to finish, in fact the worship team can come and join me, I've only got a few minutes left. Short message today. I want to give us two things about faith that help lock it into our daily lives, the reality of it. First, we must understand the promises of God. If faith holds firmly to the promises of God, we have to know what God's promised. And that's where things can get messy for us because this is the hard thing. Do we know what God promises? Sometimes I think we wonder why God's not answering our prayers when we're perhaps praying for the wrong things. See, God's not going to go back on his word. If God promises it, he will do it. And here's, let's look at the hardest one for me. We, we've already touched on it this morning. I've prayed for numbers of of people who are dying, prayed for healing. And to date, they've all died. But I still keep praying and I still keep believing and I'm going to continue to pray and I'm going to continue to believe because you know what the Bible says. It says that in heaven, there is no more pain there is no more suffering. There are no tears. So when I pray for someone to be healed, I know with faith that it'll either happen here in this world or it'll happen in the next. And we can look at that situation and go, God didn't answer my prayer, but maybe God has answered your prayer, but not in the way you wanted it answered. Perhaps we, we can gather and we can have an incredible prayer meeting here and, and pray that God would feed the, the hungry God might just show up and go, that's not my job, that's your job. Get out there and do it. See, sometimes I think we pray for the wrong things. Or we don't understand what the word of God says and promises. See, when I had a major bill that needed paid, I had so much money while I was at Bible college and I was struggling and I was believing in God for a miracle and and I put my bills up on the wall and I would look at the promises that God about finance in my life. And I would pray those verses over my bills. I started studying what God said in that whole area. God did incredible miracles and I managed to get all that paid off. And that's a whole other story for another day. But the promises of God is what faith holds on to. Do you know what God promises? Perhaps you can look at your life and what you're struggling with right now and go, okay, I'm going to take the time to look at the Word of God, to research, see what God says about this situation. Because faith holds on to the promises of God. The second thought this morning is this. That whole chapter of the book of Hebrews starts with one powerful word. Now. Now faith. It means right here, right now, in this moment, now faith is for today. Now faith is for the season that you're in. Now faith is for your struggles. Now faith is for your breakthrough. Now faith is for your tomorrow. Now faith that God will meet you when you reach out to Him. It's faith that the promises of God are real. We need faith for our now. We need faith for this moment. We need faith for what's going on in your life right now. We need faith for the struggles that you're facing. This morning I want to pray. I want to open the front. and I want to spend some time and pray for people. I want to pray for those that have a faith for a turnaround in a situation that you're facing. Perhaps you need a healing. Perhaps you need work. Perhaps you have a family member that's struggling. Coming forward this morning is no secret recipe to getting your answer. Maybe it's to you taking a step of faith, going now, in this moment, in this place, I'm believing that God could do a miracle. You know, the reason that I... I speak or I have others speak on Sundays is not just because it fills in time. The reason we sing songs, the reason we pray, the reason we share around communion is the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We get faith when we understand what God says about a situation. When we understand His promises, when we read a passage of Scripture and go, oh my gosh, that's speaking to me right now. Faith comes as we hear God's Word. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8 says that God is the same yesterday, today and forever. The miracles that God has done in the past He can do today and He can do forevermore. God can do in your life today what He's done in other people's lives. He's the same He's not changing. It's not, he's out of answers today. Sorry, he's reached his quota. You can wait for next week. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And some of us have to dwell in the zone of the unanswered prayer and it's hard and it hurts and it can question our faith. That's why I read Hebrews chapter 11 and I look at the list of heroes of our faith who never received the answer to their prayer but were still heroes of faith because they held on to the promise of God with hope for what lies ahead, knowing that the, the future joy is worth the present pain. That the hope of, a, of eternal life, of this life with God is, is so worth whatever I have to put up with right now to get there. That we would live a life like these people in the book of Hebrews. A radical love, of a believing in God no matter what my, the circumstances look like. No matter what gets taken off me. Live a radical life of faith, of love. So God, this morning, will your children come? Your word says that faith, as small as a mustard seed, can move a mountain. That faith calls things that are not as though they were. So God, I want to lift up the knots in this room right now. Those that have not had an answer that have not had a healing, that have not had a breakthrough, that have not had their miracle, that have not seen their family members saved, that have not overcome the darkness, that have not overcome the addiction, that have not overcome the suffering of their life right now, we lift the knots to you and we call them as though they were. We speak faith this morning. We hold on to the promises Or your word says that in Jesus Christ, the promises of God are yes and amen. And so we stand with Jesus today and we proclaim yes and amen. Let it be. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org.